Welcome to the Crit 20 Podcast. Today we are talking about dwarves. Why should you pick a dwarven character? What do they bring to the table? What is the culture of dwarves about? What type of dwarves are there? And how do you build a great dwarf character? Well, you came to the right place. Whether or not the dwarves claimed that they were carved from the world stone was true, dwarves shared many qualities similar to the stone they lived with. Strong, hardy, and dependable dwarves were polite, particularly elders, and possessed a wisdom beyond that of many other races. Dwarves valued their traditions, regardless of the subrace they came from, and looked for inspiration from ancestral heroes. Dwarves were also known for their stubborn nature and cynicism, traits widespread amongst the dwarves, but which contributed to and were commonly offset by their bravery and tenacity. Dwarven friendship was hard to earn, but was strong once won. Naturally dour and suspicious, the stout folk were slow to trust others, specifically towards those outside their family, suspecting the worst of an individual until the outsider proved many times their goodwill. Once this trust was gained, dwarves held their friends to it, and viewed betrayals, even minor ones, with vicious propensity for vengeance. A common gnomish oath, remarking on this dwarven sense of justice was, if I'm lying, may I cross a dwarf? For dwarves, loyalty was more than a word, and that it should be both valued and rewarded. Dwarves believed it a gift and a mark of respect to stand beside a friend in combat, and an even deeper one to protect that ally from harm. Many dwarven tales subsequently revolved around the sacrifice of dwarves for their friends and family. Just as dwarves were known for their dependability as friends and allies, dwarves also harbored grudges far longer than many other races. This may have been on an individual basis between a dwarf and one who had wronged him, or against entire races, even if warfare with the enemy had long since ceased. Dwarves were a careful and deliberate race, with a more serious disposition than other races, who they sometimes viewed as flighty or reckless. A dwarf did all things with care and a stubborn resolve, with brash or cowardly behavior unusual for the race. However, dwarves did succumb easily to wrath or greed, which were the most common vices of the race. Dwarves who left their homeland to become adventurers did so for a number of reasons. In part, a dwarf might have been motivated by a simple avarice. Given the dwarven love of beautiful things, as often, however, a dwarf might have been motivated by a drive to do what was right for others, particularly their clan, or a love of excitement for, as settled dwarves were, they rarely tired of thrills. But even these wayward dwarves retained the spirit of their brethren, hoping that their accomplishments abroad could give honor to themselves, their clan, or both. Given that successful dwarven adventurers were likely to recover rare items or defeat enemies of the dwarven people during such challenges, this was a hope not entirely without merit. Dwarves highly valued the ties between family members and friends, weaving tightly knit clans. Dwarves particularly respected elders from whom they expected sound leadership and wisdom of experience, as well as ancestral heroes or clan founders. This idea carried on to relations with other races, and dwarves were differential even to the elders of another non-dwarven race. Likewise, dwarves, perhaps more so than other races, turned to their gods for guidance and protection. Non-evil dwarves looked to the divine for comfort and inspiration, while the wicked looked to theirs for methods through which to obtain power over others. Individual dwarves might have been faithless, but the race as a whole, regardless of subrace, had a strong inclination for religion, 
almost every community maintained at least one temple or ancestral shrine. There existed several dwarven sub-races. The best known are the Arctic Dwarves, which are squat and hardy dwarves from the isolated northern reaches of Faerun. Gold Dwarves, strong and muscular with tan skin from the south, largely in the Great Rift area. Shield Dwarves, tall by comparison, who populate the northern reaches of west and central Faerun. Erdenir Dwarves, which are stocky and muscular dwarves living in the Underdark. Wild Dwarves, who are primitive and dark-skinned, primarily from the jungles of Chult. And then there's the Durgar. The Durgar, who were a closely related race of humanoids, but separated from generations of divergence, slavery under the Elithiads, and the infusion of diabolic blood. They held themselves to be a separate race completely, and were often insulted if compared to the surface dwarves. Like many races, the exact origin of the dwarves were lost in myth and legend. While many non-dwarven scholars believed that dwarves were not native to Abir Turil or its successor worlds, most dwarves believed that their ancestors came from the heart of the planet itself, given life by Moradin, and being made by the Allfather's Hammer in the Soul Forge. These legends held that dwarves fought their way to the surface world, overcoming the dangers they faced below through strength of arms and skill. The first known dwarven settlements on Abir Taril originated from the mountains of Yehaimu. These dwarves settled underneath the junction between the continents of Faerun, Karatur, and Zakara and migrated in all directions from there, spreading across the face of all the planet, except for those who migrated northwards and came to rest in the mountains of Novalarund, becoming the ancestors of the Arctic Dwarves. Those who turned westward to what would eventually become the continent of Faerun settled in what is now Senfar. The dwarves then migrated westward from there, founding many settlements. The first great kingdom of the dwarves was Barandin, beneath Shar. The exact time of these events were unknown, but it was before the split of Abir and Toril into separate worlds, since dwarves were also found on the continent of Leirakond. The dwarves in Barandin, settled beneath the future plains of Shar, prospered for centuries, but gradually began to endure schisms and fractures, which drove the dwarves apart. The first of these schisms occurred 12 millennia ago when Tark Shanat, the so-called Crusader, led a westward migration from the caverns of Berendon. The descendants of these dwarves would eventually become the Shield Dwarves and forge the vast empire of Shanatar, as well as the Erdenir, who moved deeper into the earth and faded from common knowledge. Sometime after this, Berendon fell to the drought shortly after their exile following the Crown Wars, and these southern dwarves were driven into exile, ending the ancient kingdom. Their descendants would become known as Gold Dwarves, and would return a millennia later with the collapse of Barandin into the Great Rift, forming a new kingdom. Another dwarven subrace emerged from some of these southern dwarves, who instead of continuing their civilized ways and returning in future millennia, fled to Chult and embraced the ways of the jungle, becoming the Wild Dwarves. The last dwarven lineage would form from shield dwarves of Clan Durgar. These hapless dwarves who lived beneath the Shining Plains were in, were in time captured and enslaved by the Elithians, 
becoming the separate but related race known as the Drugar. Over the ages, the twisting of Lithiid psionics and the infusion of diabolic blood would cause the Drugar to grow more and more distant from their kin until they could no longer be properly called dwarves. Over the centuries, dwarves had entered into a long decline and most of the ancient kingdoms that once stood were now fallen. The shield dwarves had seen parts of the north overrun and conquered by the orcs of a group named Mini Arrows, while to the south the gold dwarves had been primarily driven from their underground kingdom in the Great Rift towards the surface world. In spite of this, the dwarves remained a proud and hardy people, unshaken by the pitfalls that had befallen them. The most significant event in recent history for the dwarven peoples had been the Thunder Blessing, from the year of the Thunder Blessing in which after centuries of the demographic decline, a sudden boon in fertility occurred, resulting in the births of many twins amongst the dwarves. The blessing was widely believed to have been the work of Moradin, possibly as the culmination of a quest by a dwarven heroine, or as part of some grander plan of the Allfather. One of the consequences of the sudden boon, other than a demographic resurgence that helped bring the dwarves out of their decline, was a sudden shift in culture. The so-called Thunder Children were radical in comparison to their parents, and during their lifetimes over the era of upheaval, dwarves took a more active role in the world and abandoned some of the oldest traditions, such as the ancient fear of magic and arcana. Well, now that dwarven history class is over, and you've got it on your mind, creating a character utilizing this race should be a whole lot easier. All dwarves get a constitution score increase by 2 regardless of their subrace. When picking your subrace, the player handbook offers only two different choices unfortunately, hill dwarves and mountain dwarves. Hill dwarves gain a wisdom score increase of 1, while mountain dwarves gain a strength score increase of 2. I'm unsure why you are not able to pick the other subclasses um, that I listed earlier but I feel like if you're playing with the right DM and you really want to be one of those sub-races, I'm sure they will allow you to, as long as you give you know, a decent amount of background as to why you are where you are in that campaign. But for this build, we will go with a tank character. Tanks usually deal a great amount of damage and can also take a lot of damage as well, so the Mountain Dwarf subclass is what we will choose here. Dwarves are proficient with various axes and hammers. They are also skilled with a few artisan tools. We will be choosing the smithing tools since, you know, we will be attack oriented. Any good warrior should know how to work with their weapon on and off the battlefield. Before we pick a weapon though, we will need a class. The paladin class I find to be fitting for a dwarf warrior. By picking a paladin we gain you know, proficiency in all armors, shields, and weapons. We are also given chainmail armor, which has a high armor class of 16. Now that we can pick a weapon, a battle axe would be my choice. You can pick your own, obviously. There are other options you can go through while reading over the paladin section in the handbook. With choosing a paladin class, we have added a magical element to our character, so you're definitely going to be one of these radical new Thunder Era Dwarves. So this should be taken into consideration when choosing your background. Since paladins are very divine warriors, an acolyte background would help to enhance that divinity. 
By having an acolyte background, we gain two more languages, a few more knickknacks, and become proficient in religion and insight. Those add on top of our proficiency as a paladin, which are which I chose to be athletics and persu er, persuasion rather. Also, don't forget that by being a dwarf, we gain proficiency in history as well, especially stone history. So you will get a double proficiency if you are being questioned about, you know, stonework. So make sure you keep that in mind. That's the basic setup for the class, really. The rest is up to you. Remember to fill in your resistances and languages, traits, and features. If you want to know what I would set my stats to uh, using the standard array, I would plug my strength in with a 12, which would make it 14, since the Mountain Dwarves have a score increase of 2 for strength. Dexterity would use a 10, because I don't think Dwarves would be very dexterous. Constitution would use the 13 and get bumped up 2 points from the Dwarf Race score increase, uh, making it 15. I would plug in the 15 for Intelligence, the 8 for Wisdom, though you could swap the 8 for the 10 in Dexterity, and finally I would use the 14 for Charisma. Well, that's all I've got on Dwarves, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to the Crit 20 Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could leave a rating on iTunes. If it's a one star, cool. Five stars, even better.